Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All you need is a ball. The official podcast of the WFSA. I'm Daniel Rosenbaum and welcome to the world of freestyle. I've been freestyling for 15 years, and for me, it's the best sport in the world. Yes! Oh, yeah! That was insane! Oh, yes! During my time, I have met some incredible characters, and on this podcast, we will find out more about their amazing stories. All I need is a microphone, and all you need is a bowl. On this episode of All You Need Is A Ball, I speak to freestyle pioneer and WFFA president Steve Elias. Steve was doing around the world when I was still in diapers and I've been around for a while. He has dedicated his whole life to the sport and some even say he came up with the word freestyle. People were like, oh, he's doing some soccer tricky or football tricky stuff. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, there yeah. was nothing to really identify it. People didn't understand it because it didn't exist. Yes. Right. So. And how does it feel when people call you Zizou, Zizou? And when I did that trick, I had 10,000 people shouting Zizou, Zizou. Really? I swear. <laughs> Steve has had some great stories to tell. So let's hear from him right now. Steve, what's up? What's up, Dan? How's it going, man? Good to see you, man. I know. Beautiful Pula. Beautiful yes. view. I was just thinking today, like, how long have we known each other? Like, a long time, right? Yeah, I think, uh, well, what were we, 2022? Damn, I think we're, we're going to have to go back at 2008. least. 2008. Maybe, yeah, 2008. But I knew about you before that. Same. But I think we met we met each other in 2008 yeah. at uh, Red Bull. Street Side Sao Paulo. First one, yeah, that's right. And I remember this very clearly. I don't know if we ever talked about this, but I remember there was in the basement, there was a training area. I go down, there was a few people warming up. And I saw you standing there, you were talking to someone else. And at some point, there's something clicked in my head. And I was like, 
wait a second, that's the guy from the Nike Freestyle website. Oh, yeah. Because you, you were on there, right? That's you know, right. All the way in the beginning. When was that? The 2000? Yeah, so in two in 2000, Nike, uh, NikeFootball.com launched yeah. a freestyle, upload your video, 30 seconds. Yes. And then they, they would uh, showcase, I guess, the top 10 on one of their main pages on their, on their site. And the people can go in and just vote out of 10 who they thought had the best video. Yeah. And uh, that site actually was up and running for about three years or so. And you were always on top. I was number one for three consecutive years. Yes. Yeah. And then um, and then it changed. They kind of changed the format. And I think Abbas as well kind of popped in there a few times uh, after the three years. He kind of yes, yes. He, he took over there. So, But that, that was huge success for me because uh, three years of getting that kind of exposure on NikeFootball.com was, was yes. great. Though... It said I was from Canada on the yes. video, and then after two years, they switched it and said I was from the USA. So <laughs> from New York or something. <laughs> I know, he's American. He's American. <laughs> and then you got offended. No, I couldn't no. do anything. You no, know, no. it's one of those things. Yeah. So, so like on. a lot of people say, like, oh, this guy's a freestyle legend. This guy's a freestyle. But you're really a pioneer, right? Like pioneer, pioneer. Yeah, we won't talk about my age, but uh, I started freestyling uh, in the '80s. Yes. Um, but I actually did my very first free freestyle trick because I played as a kid. I played football. Like I was passionate. That's how I started. Yes. I was. I mean, I was only five years old, but when I was five, I could do keep ups like a hundred keep ups. Wow, that's so cool. I had this natural ability that I just wasn't aware of, and my parents didn't weren't aware either. And being from Canada didn't help either. So, oh, no, no. Um, but in any event, you know, I just kept playing with the ball, and I was in the schoolyard. And then I remember um, my cousin, who was older than me, played football, and uh, he showed me a trick. Yeah. And I was about seven years old at the time. He goes, "Hey, try this." And it was I don't know if you remember, it was the one where you have the ball in front of you, and then you put one foot on each side of the ball and you bring your feet oh, together and the ball will yes. pop up. You know, you kind of slice it on. It's like an earlier version of spin magic. Like a lot of people do it now, like, but in the juggling, like multiple ones. Exactly, yes. Exactly, exactly. Maybe it's called a pinch, I know, but some kind of flick. Yeah, up, you mean pinch like back in the day? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and I was seven, I was like, and he says, you know, because I was a pretty good player. He's yeah. like, try it. And I did it first time. And he was like, what? And I think it was at that moment that I was like, oh, I kind of got into freestyle. And then in 1982, uh, I was in my, in a schoolyard, uh, kicking around a basketball. And I accidentally caught the ball in a hamstring catch, but I didn't know what I was doing, but I was kind of like, and I was like, oh, and then I kind of put the down, the ball down and I was like, wait, I, what the hell, how did that yeah, happen? Yeah. You know, I just caught the ball behind my leg. And I think that's, you know, that continued the creativity and and things like that for me. And then, you know, freestyle just grew from that point So, on. So you never actually got inspired by another person like that? Well, no, there was no... There was no other person. There, there was no one at that point. Maradona remember, maybe or something even. That's even before Maradona, this. This, I think, yeah, because Maradona's video came out later, I think, than yeah, that. 80 the, yeah, 80-something. Yeah, it was 80-something. Yeah. So this was way before that. But... The thing is that the Maradona thing was more inspirational in the sense of controlling doing, because he didn't really do, well, he did a couple moves. He did a couple flick up yeah. and then some controlling. I, he did some sit down tricks, but that was later in the nineties, I would say. I didn't see, yeah, I didn't see the, the yeah. sit downs. But if I was to say anyone was to kind of inspire me, yeah. it, it would have been Maradona, but yeah. essentially I just kind of learned on my own and the, you know, just playing around. Yes. And when did you kind of started to create like a little routine? Yeah. So it, when I went to high school, um, you know, I, I played on the high school football team and, and had a few friends and I was still doing a couple basic tricks. And back then no one was really doing it. And then my friends, some of my close friends got inspired by it and they kind of, they started to encourage me. Yeah. Other people were telling me to get a job and so what are you doing? You loser. You they know, all I, do, don't they? Right. Uh, well, they didn't understand what uh, I was doing, but my other friends were like, yo, 
you know, try this and try this. And I'm like, that's impossible. I can't do that. They started coming up with ridiculous requests, right? But then I would actually go in my backyard and try and do the tricks. And I didn't actually accomplish them, but I got close. So then I was like, what? These guys actually, maybe there's an opportunity for me to actually come. And I practiced it. And I started doing some cool tricks in the 80s that I never thought I'd be able to do. Nice. So, yeah. But but then but that, it wasn't called freestyle yet, right? It was. How it did you call it? Anything. Football skills or soccer no, skills? There wasn't anything to identify it because it didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, it was basically just improving your regular football. Is like yeah, people were like, oh, he's doing some soccer tricky or football tricky stuff. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. there was nothing to really identify. People didn't understand it because it didn't exist, yes. right? So. And, and when what was the point where you thought, oh, I'm so good at this, I'm I can do like more with it. Uh, probably in 19, I would say 1985, 86, yeah. I started to actually land some tricks that I still do today yes, yes. that I'm seeing freestylers do today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine that, right? So many years and it must feel so fun. It's like, crazy. They don't me. even know they are tricks. No, no, there's no chance. They no. know that I was doing that. But for me, I know, and I watch and I'm like, wow, that's cool. They're actually incorporating a trick I did 35 years ago yeah. into a really cool combo. Um, so yeah, it was, I think, uh, maybe around 85, 86. And then because I was able to do some of these cool tricks and I started to get some encouragement from my friends, I just, yeah. I started to do more and more and more. 1990, I had someone come up to me and say, Hey, we saw you doing some tricks. That was really cool. Do you mind coming to do a performance for us? Um, 1990. 1990 wow. was the first time I got paid doing freestyle football. I got uh, $50 to do a five-minute show So basically, you've been a professional freestyler since 1990. Well, if you want to call $50 to do yeah, a... Yeah, well, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, 50 bucks in the 90s is not bad, right? No, for, no, no. I mean, I would have done it for free for a t-shirt or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, since the 90s was the you first time I You remember what you bought paid. of your $50? Nah, I'm, probably, I'm sure I spent it right away on Sneakers something. Sneakers. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, that was, that was encouraging too, because then at that point, I realized... Well, I can get paid to do this. Yeah. And then, so that motivated me even more to start freestyling. And then I started to do a lot of cash jobs and a lot of other performances throughout the 90s. And then it wasn't until 1999 that I went and incorporated the first ever freestyle soccer or freestyle football agency, which yes. is Freestyle Soccer Inc. or whatever. Yeah. But so you were basically also the one that, that, that registered the name Freestyle Soccer. Yes. So this is, that's a crazy story because. The internet was just starting, I think, in 97, 96, yeah, 97. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was starting. And I remember uh, Google uh, had registered their 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 name, their domain. Their yeah. main, it was six months before I registered freestylesoccer.com. <laughs> freestylesoccer.com. In 1998. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was May 98, I think. I, I can't remember, but it was around but, that but, time. But how did you, do you remember how the actual word freestyle is that what you're just thinking? Yeah, it's, it's it's freestyling. Yeah, because there was freestyle BMX and there was yeah. you know other things that were tricks you know with a yeah. bike or tricks with a you know whatever skis or whatever it was. So yeah. then I was like, okay, well, what we're doing is freestyle, but soccer. So I called it freestyle soccer. Yes. And I just made up the name at that time because it made you know legit. It was like logic for me. It was like, okay, well, I'm doing tricks, so that's freestyle, and I'm using a soccer ball, so that's soccer. So yes. freestyle <laughs> soccer. So I just made up the name and registered the website. That's so cool, man. That yes. was what? What did you say? Ninety-eight. That was that was in May. Yeah, May ninety-eight. Yeah. So who has that domain now? That's the question. Oh, that's a long story. I mean, you should have you. had it still. Well, I got it back. I got okay. it back. Yeah, but it cost me a pretty penny to get it back. But okay. uh, there is a, because 
and internet was so new back then. I didn't understand all the the things around the domain. And and stuff, yeah. yeah, I didn't understand. I was like, so it was a guy who says, oh, we'll register for you. And then they owned, the, they had the ownership. Oh, and then I had to go yeah. through this, you know, a bunch of turmoil to try and get it back. Eventually I got it back, but it cost me a bit of money. But, so what, what happened after then? That? Like, uh, did you meet other people? Did you try to... Yeah, in uh, so I went to college in '93 to '95, and I, and there was this uh, guy that also did freestyle in Toronto. Yeah. Um, he didn't do all the tricks I did, but he did some tricks, and we um, we both played on the college uh, football team, yeah. um, and basically we started doing tricks together. Nice. And then we would go down to the beaches on the weekend oh, and yeah. just freestyle impressing the ladies <laughs> well it's crazy we would set up right beside the beach volleyball yeah. so they had tons of beach volleyball courts and people were playing and then we would just set up on the grass and people would go there to watch the beach volleyball but then when we started doing freestyle all of a sudden the people who were watching the beach volleyball turned nice. around and they started watching us so and we would go there every uh yeah every weekend was it like that. busking kind of like a street no, show it was just us kicking around warm out oh it wasn't you weren't putting down a hat no never no. i never did that I don't know why I never, yeah. I just never, I mean, you could definitely, there's, there's freestylers at Busk and they, and they yeah. make good money doing that. It just, I wasn't doing it for the money. I was just yeah. doing it because I just wanted to play yeah. with the ball and try tricks and have fun. Right. So nice. Nice. But at that time you were already performing all around. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. For yeah, years. We doing, I was already doing performances. Yeah. They started to pick up because I started in the nineties. So I started doing more and more jobs. Um, and then of course, when the 2000s came, then things became a little more legitimate with the business and stuff like that. Didn't you also organize like with the first competition, a juggle competition oh, yeah. or something like that? I think I showed you the, the registrations. Yes. So that's crazy. In 1998, uh, there was a, um, a soccer expo in Toronto yeah. and, um, and I contacted the, uh, the organizer and I said, Hey, I want to do like a freestyle. They didn't know what it was. I was <laughs> like, I want to do a freestyle competition. Still, like, I still don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I said, they said, okay, that's cool. I kind of explained it to them. And then, so all the kids that showed up, they were able to then sign up and register yeah. uh, on a piece of paper. They put their name and everything. And I still have, I got to give you these documents. I still have them. Yeah. And, uh, and then we had a scoring system out of yes. 10. And so me, uh, Richie and another guy that was with us, the kids would come, they would get a ball, they would do what they had to do for 30 seconds. And then we would score them. And then we just gave some prizes as top three guys at the end. Nice. Yeah. Well, that, that's kind of how you motivate people to pick up a ball and yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and and that and that kind of I at that point for me it was all about trying to uh, I wasn't out there trying to promote myself no. as a freestyler because people didn't know what it was. I was out there trying to promote freestyle soccer, yes. freestyle yes. football because people didn't know what it was. So it was constant education. Oh, what are you guys doing? Yeah. This is what it is. That was so hard in the early years, even for me as well, like and always explaining like, and even now, right? Like if you yeah. think about the sport, it's a very young sport and there's a lot of people, I mean, social media has definitely helped to, to oh, expose it. Oh, it much better. Oh, but yes. there's still a lot of people don't know what it is yeah. or they don't understand it. They look at it as, oh, I seen those guys do tricks on videos on, on YouTube or on Instagram or whatever and TikTok. Yeah. Like, no, no, there's more to it. Yeah. You know, there's this and this and this, but we need to, that's our job as a WFA. We got to go and educate everyone, right? Yes. Well, we'll get to the WFA later, but so at, at this point, we're around the 2000s. Were you performing international as well? Or was it mainly Canada? At that point, it was mainly Canada. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there wasn't, again, there wasn't that, um, that demand no. because people just didn't know what it was. So. Yeah. And what was the, the moment brands started to pick it up? Like when the big brands were like, Hey, wait a second, this is interesting. Well, actually, I did perform international in 98. I performed at the Paris World Cup uh, oh, really? or the FIFA World Cup in Paris. 
Yeah. Didn't Mr. Wu also perform there? Possibly. But so yeah. what we did was, um, this is a funny story. I went down with the guy Richie and, yeah. our, and our, our agent at the time. We had a friend of ours who was helping manage us. And I went to the FIFA World Cup in Paris 98. Yeah. And Adidas had this massive park. It was Adidas Park where people could go yeah. and like a, like fan a fan zone. zone. Yeah, yeah. A big screen. And so we went there and said, hey, do you mind if we perform? Because we just went there with no contacts or anything. I didn't even speak French. Oh, you didn't even get invited? No, no you no, just we went there on your own. Because oh, it was a World Cup, we wanted yeah. to go and try. I was actually trying to hook, find the the head guy of Adidas to say, "Hey, you gotta you gotta sponsor us." <laughs> so, um, so we ended up doing a show at uh, on the stage at halftime. And uh, wow. I ended up doing the swirl. Yes. And when I did the swirl, I maybe you should out. explain to the people what the swirl is. It's like a trick. Yeah. Yeah. So the swirl is a trick where you um, you hold the ball in a footstall position. Yes. Uh, and while you have the ball uh, held in a footstall position, you swing your leg behind you, That's and it. you bring your your heel to your backside to your bum, and you release the ball. So then it comes right over, and then it comes back in front of you. It's a really impressive. Even today, I think it's an impressive trick. Yeah, it's a tough trick. Yeah. You know, not the you got to have the range in your your foot yeah. and in your shin to be able to do it. It's definitely a tough trick. But um, so I I created that move in 1990. Yes. And so I did that in 98, and no one had ever seen that before. Uh -huh. And when I did that trick, I had 10,000 people shouting Zizu Zizu. Really? I swear. <laughs> I wish I had it on video. Oh I was like, so that's just a moment I just keep that's to myself. So but I was. People are like, Zizu, Zizu. And I'm like, you're like, wait a second. Hold on, man. I'm, I'm the man. Zizu, man. Yeah, I said, exactly. I'm the man. So yeah, that was that was actually a performance at internationally in '98. But um, but but then that, did Adidas see you? Is that when you got your contract with the brand, or when uh, was that? Well, so what happened was I did actually, ironically enough, we bumped into one of the head guys for marketing at Adidas in um, at a restaurant. We it just it was just oh, really? yeah, we saw him and we found out it was him. And so my my agent at the time, which I said was my friend, went yeah. up to him and said, "Hey." These guys are amazing with the ball. He was trying to, and this guy's like, don't bother me. I'm eating with my business yeah, associate. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then he was like, okay, guys, go over there and start juggling. <laughs> <laughs> so we were in a restaurant. We went on to the side and we started doing a show for this guy, but he didn't care. He was like, I don't have time for these clowns. Yeah. I'm at the FIFA World Cup, right? So um, he, he wasn't interested at all, but, uh, but it was still worth it. But when, when did that happen then? Actually, when I got back home, yeah. um, uh, we started performing at other things like other expos and that. Yeah. And then we were approached by Adidas Canada at the time. Oh, okay. And then they were like, hey, this is awesome. We love what you guys are doing. Because they actually saw the reaction of the people around us and how it was yeah, impacting them. So they gave us um, a bunch of gear. Nice. And I was super excited to get a pair of shoes, short and shirt. And I was happy just with that. And then that relationship grew year over year, and it came to a point where we were sponsored by Adidas for 22 years, wow. and they and they ended up uh, sponsoring and supporting us um, and our entire team. We had 40 athletes at the time. So 40? Everyone, yeah. Yeah. We had 40 across North America. That's crazy. Yeah, because we were doing gigs all over North America at that yes. point, and, um, and they sponsored us, and they kitted everyone up like, nice like everyone's getting like at least three four thousand dollars worth of and was it also during that time where you were thinking maybe one day i'll st start my own when was the first time you thought I'm, I'm gonna start my own brand uh well i think that was probably around 2006 right. um i started thinking about it but i'll be honest with you i didn't know how, what to do no. like i'm i'm not a i'm not a retail guy i no. don't really know right so 
Um, and I was still in the, I was still at the point where I was still focused on promoting and bringing awareness to freestyle yeah. soccer or football itself. Right. Yeah, so yeah. to throw brand into it, it's like, no, I'm still on this road. So I didn't, but wanna... also you were a very active freestyler at that time yourself. Like exactly. Right. So you can only, and I, you know, I had a job. I also worked at a bank. Oh yeah. So freestyle was doing it part-time. My full-time job was at a bank because I had to pay bills. Of course, and, of course. So got to um, pay the mortgage. I, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then I could only allocate so much time and so much effort. So it was in you know around 2006, 2007 uh, is when I started to think about you know creating. And my when own did brand. you stop at the bank? So in 2007, Red Bull had the first competition in February uh, called Football de Calle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. And it was a year. It was before Red Bull Street Style. Red Bull was trying to figure out what's this program. It was like a pilot kind of thing. Yeah, they yeah. were trying to figure out how to create the program. So there's, if you remember Hayes, Wheelis, yeah. he was like trying to figure out, he was one of the main guys that was trying to get this kick started. And yeah. he was like, but he didn't know what format to go with. So he learned very quickly not to do the format that we did in football of Kaye because okay. when I pulled out the two ball and shut the place down, he's like, okay, you can't use two balls. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we had rules on the, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but um, yeah, so basically in, in 2000, um, or sorry, 2007, I won that competition. Mm -hmm. uh, Maxim Magazine was there, ESPN was there. So I started to get a lot of exposure and, and, and publicity. So then... Yeah. And Where was that? Was in New York. It was right? in New York, yeah, 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 Webster's Hall, which is an amazing venue. Um, and there was a lot of hip hop artists that were there. You know, the culture in New York is very, you know, street. it's street, yeah. yeah. And so it kind of blew up. And then it was at a point where I had been at the bank already. I had a great job at the bank uh, for eleven years, and I was like, oh, "Man, I can't. I don't. I can't do this. I can't do no. both. You have to choose. I had to choose. Yeah. So I just quit my job at the bank after eleven years and just focused on freestyle full time. Did you ever regret it? <laughs> No, because I'll tell you what, in one month after I quit, mm -hmm. I was actually able to sit down and really focus on freestyle, yeah. which I had never done before because it was always part-time. And I was able to generate more money in yeah. one month um, focused on freestyle alone than combined doing part-time and my full-time job in the previous oh, that's years. That's awesome. Because so, yeah. I think like some people, like the new generation, they underestimate a little bit how much money you could actually make back in the days. I mean, it's different, right? Like like people like you, Mr. Wu, and, you know, those old, the first, uh, even people like Dan Magnus and stuff, yeah. they made a lot of money. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, listen, yeah. I, I'm, I, I, my success that I've had now yeah. in my life is not because of my job at the bank. It's because of the success I had with Freestyle back in the day. It's but great. I was also business savvy. I wasn't just like, hey, you know, pay me a few hundred dollars to come do a show. Yeah. I started to be a little more strategic. I started to create opportunities for other freestylers. Yeah. I was trying to build the sport. I was trying to establish a, a, a really good market value for those athletes. Um, and then I was working with so many brands and creating uh, programs for those brands to use freestyle as a yeah. tool to expose their brand in different events That's and it, stuff. Yeah. So if you're if you have a little bit of business sense and you have something that you're passionate about that's really cool and visually people love it then yeah. you could probably be pretty successful in life hey this is steve the president of the wffa and you're listening to all you need is a ball
when did you get in contact with guys like Dan Wood and stuff to 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 say like, hey, let's all work together and let's build something like a federation? When did that happen? Yeah, and so Dan Wood, I met online through um, there was this competition that we that I did with this guy who contacted me from LA. Uh, it was Copa. Copa TV or oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was like, you can upload your video, best picture and best video, but it wasn't just you doing tricks. They wanted you to tell a story. Uh, and I remember um, this guy, it was a $10,000 prize and all that. Yeah. And then th that just, that backfired and that guy ended up not being the oh, best person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, Dan was one of the judges. So, um, because Dan was one of the judges, yeah. that's how I kind of met Dan because I was involved in that. And it's then- like 2009, 2009 or something? Uh, 2000, yeah, I think yeah. it was 2009. And then we kept in contact. We started talking and he started telling me about his vision and some things that he was working on. And then of course- He loves that. He's passionate about, you know, he, he's yeah, good he's a creator, that. right? Yeah. And I think, I think that's the good thing about all of us on our team oh. is we're all creators, right? And, and that's, that's what makes us- And we have the passion for freestyle. Yeah. Definitely, because yeah. otherwise- then, it's not working. Yeah, everyone get bored and just do something else. But yeah, so that's basically what happened with uh, with Dan. And then we met in 2011 in uh, Kuala, Lumpur, Kuala Lumpur. And that was the first time I met a lot of those guys. And it's then it's it funny because this is like the ninth or 10th podcast episode I do. And in half of these episodes, everyone's mentioning Kuala Lumpur. The tournament to Kuala Lumpur was really like a turning point, it felt. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it was the first time I think it was really broadcasted on a, an a professional and very professional. Well, the organizers that, that we had in in um in Kuala Lumpur, yeah. in Malaysia, those guys are awesome. They were smart dudes, they were they knew what they were doing, they were great event organizers and they knew what we were trying to accomplish as a sport. So there was a backside that, also. I I also felt that we always have to live up to those expectations. Yeah. That was a tricky one in those years after with the world tour and stuff. We were always trying to yeah, it's it's definitely tough, right? When you're trying to push again, you're trying to educate the general population about yeah. a sport that people don't know about, right? So, and usually to to really be successful in doing that, you mm -hmm. need money, and you need a lot of money for marketing and stuff yes. like that. And we never had that, no. so it was it was a hard sell for us, and that's why it was such a battle when we were doing the the world tour and things like that. We yeah. did our best, and I, I, and at least we were still creating stages uh, for oh, really? these freestylers yeah. to showcase. So. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't an easy road, that's for sure. Was it difficult for you to transit from like being a freestyler, being the center of attention to move kind of more backstage organizing? What Was that difficult for you? Because it was for me a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, I mean, I think... I think people in general, most people like like to be in the spotlight. I mean, yes. you get nervous sometimes, but everyone likes energy and good energy. You know, you're mm -hmm. hey, people are screaming, cheering for you. It's yeah. it makes you feel see, good. See, 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 see. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It makes you feel good, yeah, right? So um that, you kind of miss that a little bit when you're behind the scenes. Yeah. But I kind of I shifted my energy and my focus to to feel rewarded by providing the opportunity for other freestylers. So when I see a big trick or uh, a freestyler that maybe came from a country that doesn't have much and all yeah. of a sudden they end up winning um, and and them feeling that joy. Like if you remember Boyka when he was um, in 2016 in Calgary, when he, or was it Calgary? No, it was the O2. The O2 yeah, it was in, in London. London. Yes, he won. He won that, and he broke down in tears. Oh, so dream coming true. Yeah, so yeah. you kind of, I even get goosebumps now thinking like, about it. 
And he got injured just before and all that drama. And yeah. So even though we're not in the spotlight yeah. uh, and the fact that we're behind the scenes creating that opportunity and then you see the emotion through the athletes, yes. that's, it's almost like being in the spotlight because you kind of, you can feel the excitement through them. So you're still part of it, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you're the president of the federation. Maybe you could explain a little bit like w w what's happening and what's, what do you do and things like that? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, it's the, the World Freestyle Football Association. It's a, a non-for-profit uh, organization that's registered in, uh, in Canada and yeah. Ontario. Mm -hmm. And basically, as you know, it's a, a group of individuals, uh, a solid group from all over the world yourself included right mm -hmm. that are passionate about the sport uh, that have worked diligently to create the the rules the structure the guidelines the rankings scoring all of that to put this in into um into a, i guess a into perspective but also into like a a, a way to i don't even know organ like just we organized it yes. so that it's it's structured and say okay now we have this how can we make this sport a sport like how can we yes. make freestyle a sport you can't just be juggling in your backyard doing tricks that's it yeah. so the wffa really is worked hard to kind of gather all that information to then say okay this is what we need to legitimize this as a sport mm -hmm. let's make sure we you know cross our t's dot our i's and get all these things sorted out so that we can then move ahead and have you know bigger dreams olympic dreams whatever you will yeah. um to then see if these we can make this happen for other freestylers in the younger generation so that they can become professional athletes um in that discipline of freestyle so and where do you think freestyle is at right now like i mean is it going to grow a lot in the coming years or what, what do you think well, is gonna happen? i think it's going to grow big time i'll tell you why in 2000 i had a guy now i had been freestyling already for you know 10 12 years yeah. i had a guy come up to me and he was a successful businessman and he came up to me and he goes Cause I was asking him for support at the mm -hmm. time. And he goes, he goes, yeah, you know, um, he goes, ah, I don't really think I'm going to get involved. He goes, uh, you know, you're going to run out of tricks. You know, you're just going to run out of tricks. There's oh, only that's so the stupidest tricks. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it had already been 12 years of doing tricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So he's like, you're just going to, the sport's going to run out of tricks. I'm yeah. not interested. And here we are today, 2022 Pula. We're going to, I mean, we were in Super Bowl just what, like oh, yeah. uh, two months ago? Yeah. And I, I, probably one of the best Super Bowls for me because yeah. I was like, I couldn't believe the amount of tricks that were still coming up. And so I get excited by that. Yeah. And so whenever I see a new trick and a new freestyler create something and then put it live on a stage, especially in a competition, yeah. it always brings me back to that guy that in 2000 said to me, I don't want to work with you because you're going to run out of tricks. Yeah. Well, who's uh, wrong now? All right. Where is yeah. he now though? That's the thing, right? <laughs> I got to find him. <laughs> Send him the links to the show this weekend. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're right, man. We're never going to run out of tricks. It's like, it feels like we're just getting started basically. I think so. Yeah. And, um, and going back to the WFFA, that's why it's so important to have an organization like that and a solid group of people behind it. Uh, because the only way it's going to grow as a sport, uh, you need you need the right people, you need the right organization, you need the right structure and the right support so that, you know, it, it develops properly year over year, right? And if you look at when we started in 2011 and where we are now, I mean, it's changed drastically, right? We've 
we've all become so much better at doing what we need to do within the organization. We've be, we've learned a lot. You know, you learn, you make so many mistakes, but you improve on those. So we're getting better and better every year. And we have a really solid team as well now. Team solid, um, really solid. Uh, and the athletes as well are noticing that as well. They're coming up to us and they're like, wow, this is amazing, you know, where back then they didn't really, may have not appreciated it just because they didn't know what to expect. But now they're like, this is dope. This is amazing. I love it. Thank you so much for what you guys are doing, right? So you know you're doing something right when the athletes are, you know, patting you on the back and and um and showing it's, it's also basically giving them an opportunity that we never had. Yeah, I, I think that all the time I was like, man, I wish I was able to compete like this when yes, I was younger. Yes. I probably would have been a world champ, maybe. Well, at least I hope I think I would have. Which brings <laughs> me to the next point, Steve. When are they doing the 40 plus competition? Because we should battle. Oh, 40 plus. Uh, I'm in a different category. Oh, now. you're 50 plus now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah, it's funny you say that because we did talk about doing like a, a Legends or a seniors, a Senior Citizens Edition or something, yes. you know? We all come out in our canes. Oh, wait, no props. No props. <laughs> right you can't oh, use kids no yeah no i would i would love to do that i think that would be fun maybe we um maybe we do that one year in one of our competitions even super bowl just why not like just a, as an extra little side thing yeah i think i think especially for the younger freestylers as you know uh they're uh, freestyle it's a younger and younger sport so 10 10 years ago it was the 15 16 year olds that were freestyling oh. but now it's nine Eight, oh, nine, it's incredible. But you know also the big difference that I see right now is that we used to have a whole generation of football players that turn into freestylers. Now a lot of them, they skip that first step. They go straight into freestyle. Well, it's because it's becoming its own sport, its own entity, right? So for me, there wasn't freestyle. So I, I made the association to the sport of, of, of football. Same. But now freestyle is its own thing. So you you could be you could be a dancer, you could be a, a skateboarder, you could be anyone that has any kind of creative flow. Like you, you look at Leah, Leah Lewis, for example. Yes. She she I don't think she played football. She was a gymnast, right? Or a something. dancer, yeah. Yeah. And she's been freestyling for what a few years, a couple yeah. of years. She just picked up the ball. She never juggled. Juggling a, a football is one of the hardest things to learn. Oh, yeah. Especially as an adult. Yeah, yeah. for sure, right? So and she just picked it up and no, nah, she, she won Red Bull Street Style last year. So it just goes to show you, right? All you need is a ball. That's it, man. All you need is a ball. So if you look back in your career, like what's the thing, um, before we round up, what's the thing that you're most proud of? Well, if it's just freestyle, then, because the, the most thing I'm proud of is having a child, my son. You know, it's the best thing in the world. That's it, man. That's the best thing. I'm also a dad, sure. so I know how it is. Yeah, that's yeah. the best. You can't touch that. But if you if you look at freestyle, I'll tell you what, I have so many memorable moments of freestyle. Mm -hmm. I'm so blessed. And um, and I have 100% appreciation for what the ball and my desire to what I want to do with the ball has brought me because I've traveled the world. I've met so many amazing peoples. I've worked, there are people I've worked with so many amazing brands. Uh, you know, I was at Ronaldinho's house chilling with him. You oh, know, that's like, a crazy story. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You would, I would never think that. I had Rude Gullet uh, run uh, when I was in uh, Brazil in 2014 yeah. for, with Visa doing the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, Cannavaro, Rude Gullet, and uh, they were there. And Carlos Alberto, these guys are legends that I watched growing up. Yeah, yeah. They said, "Let's see something." I did the swirl, and Rude Gullet's like, "What? What was that?" Yeah. He goes, "Give me a sec." He runs, goes against his cell phone to film so he could show his son. <laughs> Rude Gullet, I watched him play, man. Yeah, if, yeah. if I told you 15 years ago or whatever, oh yeah, this guy one day is going to go run for a cell phone and do a video of me, you'd be like, you're crazy, man. Yeah, man. So 
there's a lot of experiences I've had like that, that I just embrace and just, you know, and just enjoy because for what it is, you know, so I don't really have one big, big moment like that. Um, I have many, many of those. So I, I'd be here for a while telling you, man. So. That's it, man. We're still here, man. We're still in the game. Yeah. And this weekend's going to be crazy. I'm looking forward to it. Steve, thank you for uh, talking to me here on this uh, episode of the podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Daniel. And uh, I'll see you next year at Super Bowl for the uh, Legends battle. That's it. Let's do it. Awesome. It was great catching up with Steve. He's a freestyle pioneer. He's a businessman. And let's wait to see what the future will bring us. Don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you are listening to the show because there are more awesome guests on the way that I can't wait for you to hear. You can also check out the WFFA website and social channels on Twitch, YouTube and Instagram as well. Thanks for listening. I'll speak to you the next time. And remember, all you need is a bull. This podcast was produced by VoiceWork Sports for the World Freestyle Football Association. Podcast Network.